0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols. I am not your host. I am not Mike. I'm Steve. I'm here with Kev. Uh, We're going to talk about soccer. We've got a lot to talk about about the Hounds. So let's go.
1: Welcome, Steve. That was very good. When the parents are gone, the kids will play, right? That's right, what I say. Right, right, right. And uh, um, we're already so, started. so, so Kev,
0: you're, you're, I mean, you're in control of like all the behind the scenes stuff tonight. Um, all the buttons, new background,
1: like background. Yeah, this is great. Like, we might change it throughout, throughout the show. Um, you know, like we're already onto another background. So, right, you know, yeah, right. Let's, let's um,
0: us uh, so, so Kev, what's been going on for you?
1: Um, I mean, in personal life, nothing much to talk about. Uh, it's been a good weekend. Summer's here. Humidity's picking up, uh, at least down here. I don't know. Is, how's the humidity in Pittsburgh? I'm guessing it's Uh, lingering.
0: No, no, much better. So, um, today, beautiful day, like 80, 81 degrees, uh, way better than the 90 something degree, uh, tailgate that we had on saturday the rain came in i was hoping it was going to pull the humidity out no it just made it worse yeah Um, i changed my shirt before going into the game and then was still soaked by halftime i mean it was just it was it was rough nice to have better weather nice to have uh yeah just like things slow down a little bit um, yeah uh before before yeah before tomorrow
1: yeah before getting into you know blue sky river Hounds and everything too, be, right. I I was watching I don't know I was I'm, I've been on a weird uh, like superhero movie kick I guess right. I don't know I didn't see the Ant Man movie when it came out in theaters but I guess it's plus right. and so we're like sure we'll watch it I thought it was okay and then right. like you know Riley had Shazam on and I was like I thought that was okay <laughs> and, uh, yeah so. Um, hey, look, Charles Brokaw likes the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even have the chat up on my screen. Um, nice. Uh,
0: so I'm going to be honest. I'm so like out of the loop with what movies are coming out. Right. Like like, like the Monday Night Mongols is like my pop culture, like.
1: Oh, like then you need reference to get time out more. when when yeah, when Josh is talking
0: about whatever they're doing. I'm like, I'm glad Josh knows pop culture because otherwise I might ignore it. That I don't know even know which Ant Man movie you're talking about. Is it the second one, the third one? I don't uh, even know how many there are.
1: There's a lot, but okay. yeah, yeah, there's yeah, the the newest one. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Should we stop uh, talking about ourselves? I think we should. I think we <laughs> okay. should start talking about the Riverhounds. Um, we should so, talk
0: about the Riverhounds.
1: Well, so uh, okay, so leading up to leading up to you know me and you doing this podcast together. Yeah, I was thinking, you know. This, it it might be too much to say, but removing maybe really big events like thrashing Birmingham at home in the first round of the playoffs. um, I can't really think, since we've been doing this podcast, of a better stretch to be... Mm -hmm like a Hounds fan and Mm -hmm. for us doing this podcast. This stretch is incredible. I'm gonna rattle off some very quick like things here that I'll keep repeating and coming back to and we can and discuss about. But so we're nine nine games unbeaten, Mm -hmm. six six wins in a row, Mm -hmm. unbeaten at home, Mm -hmm. second place in the East, Mm -hmm. continually selling out crowds and oh by the way we've knocked off two mls teams in the open cup and we're on to our third mm-hmm. <laughs> like and it's so it's just it's blue skies and it's i i really think this might be like the most yeah the the most optimistic best patch that we've been in as a club and i'll i'll repeat as a club not just as a team mm-hmm. but as we've been doing this podcast i don't know i
0: i think i completely agree with everything you said um, I, I I okay. So, are we talking about Phoenix, or are we just talking about like everything?
1: Um, I, yeah. This was more. Are, are like, we
0: getting into the discussion? Sure. Can we talk about
1: Phoenix? Phoenix was I mean, a win. There's no rules. We can get wherever you want. Hey,
0: hey Josh, that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so that's your that's your victory beverage pop. Um, no, I I, I agree. I mean, uh so we can go back. I mean we've all talked about it uh, as a group, some of us on air, some of us in the background, but I think everybody's talked about the uh, the Columbus game and just how big of a moment that was. And I think part of that you just alluded to, right? Like it's not just what's happening as a fan of the team on the field. It's also what's happening throughout the club as a whole, right? To see over uh, 6,100 fans at that game to see 5,100 fans, uh, on Saturday against Phoenix again, right? Like the only game that hasn't sold out at home this season was the home opener when it was dreary and threatening to rain on a cool late March evening. Right. Like and
1: even at that, like attendance was pretty oh, good.
0: Something right. Yeah. Like, like it, it was where we felt good two years ago about attendance, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, look, that's a high attendance match. We're way beyond that this year. Um, And I think there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, Obviously, something's working. Maybe it's what's happening on the field. But I think it's more than that, because why are we getting fans to some of the games before the results started really, really paying off? Um, I think it's what the front office is doing. Um, I have no idea what the advertisement looks like. Like I said, I don't know what's happening in pop culture. Like (laughs) Enclave over here, if I don't see something on... Reddit, right? Like I'm off Twitter at this point. Like, I don't know. I, I don't listen to the radio. I don't watch TV live. So I don't know what the hounds are doing to advertise, but something's working.
1: I could say this. I mean, so um I I don't even know how I got on this like text message chain, but I now receive texts from the Riverhounds Club hmm. like saying like, oh, like get your tickets or like this weekend it's gonna be such and such night or mm-hmm. whatever. And even if I live in Knoxville, even if I'm Mm -hmm. not going to the games, it's something where it, it, it pops up in front of my eyes. And then it just reminds me of thinking of the river hounds. And it kind of, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't know. Sometimes I do. And I don't, I think there, there's a place for trying to view like your support of your hometown club through commercial lenses. Mm -hmm. And if you want to view it through that way, then the idea of brand brand building is very relevant. And by just sending out like messages to people who don't find them annoying, you know, is relevant mm-hmm. to keep your club like in the mindset of of the community in Pittsburgh. So I thought that was nice. I mean, do, driving around, I don't know, like, okay. So you just said like, you don't like, you don't listen to the radio, you don't listen to whatever, you know, but, uh Um, do you like is there like billboards? Are there like I've I've seen some no? Okay. okay. I
0: mean, I I drive to Oakland and home and to the Hounds games and home. And I might go out to Lawrenceville or I might go visit friends some right. Like uh um okay, so this is not you, Kevin. This is no, this is not me, but this This is is another Kevin. (laughs) This is not 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 my counterpart talking to me, Kevin, but Kevin is seeing way more Facebook ads, text, et cetera. So um that that's great. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what all the things are. Um, talking to people in the organization, they're speaking really highly about the new, uh, television deal this year, um, uh, with the CW. And so I think they're really high on that. I think that's paying off. Um, I'll say this though. I mean, uh, going down to my local, uh, victory beverage, uh, Uh, dispenser. Establishment. Yeah. Establishment. Uh, the one that has, uh, that, that pours it into a glass for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, talking to different people there. I mean, down there tonight, talking to a couple and they're talking about, Oh, like you, like, you follow the river hounds. Yeah. We want to come to a match. Like, like we've heard lots of good things. I got dinner at a local, uh, Latino grocery store. Um, and, uh, I've, I've met the owner around town a few times. Like I I know him, uh, decently well. Um, and he's talking about like wanting to try to get, uh, get some of the players that are Hispanic to come to his grocery store grand opening, right? Like, like, it's that type of thing where it's like, people are talking about it, and people are recognizing that the hounds are good. And the number of people that when they hear I know something about the hounds are like, oh, man, they're really good, aren't they? Like, like they're doing really, really well. Um, and so I, I think that's, great. I don't know. I think it was the Steel Army Discord I was scrolling through and just saw something about Mark Madden. I mean, you can have your opinions about Mark Madden. I don't pay attention at all, but I get a lot of mixed reviews. Um, But writing something about the hounds, right? Like, I think that's important. That type of level of media exposure is happening and it's great.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we've gone nine minutes and 40 seconds without really even getting into the details of Cincy. Right. So, uh, you know, it just, I don't know, it kind of reiterates just how how much of a positive atmosphere there is around the club mm-hmm. right now. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the specifics around mm-hmm. the Cincy game. Um, Do we want to talk about Phoenix first? Or sorry. Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah. I'm jumping okay. ahead right. of myself. That, yeah, I meant yeah. Phoenix, Freudian Flip. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> You're just excited <laughs> so, to talk about Cincy. Are exactly. you driving up? But let's, let's uh, what? Are you going to drive up?
0: Come on. Uh-huh, I'm be there.
1: No, no. <laughs> you know, you had to give it to me. Michael wasn't here. So, you know, yeah. Um, but, but no, It's
0: shorter sure drive for you than it is for me.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about Phoenix before we talk about Cincy. So, one no win at mm-hmm. home in front of a big crowd on the weekend yeah. against a middling Phoenix side. Um, yeah. Ordonez um, gets his third goal in a row in three games. Yep. Um, he makes it count just yep. as uh, the as, as the previous week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jamali Waite has a good game. Um, and overall, it felt like a game where, you know, if you want to be up at the top of the table competing mm-hmm. for big things at the end of the season, right. these are the kind of games that you have to go through and you have to come out the other side with with three points.
0: Right, I agree. Um, I think some big takeaways for me from that game is uh, a Herculean defensive effort when the team didn't play their best. Yeah, um, I mean, found a goal on a, on a set piece again. Um, and at some point after Mike gets back from his vacation, maybe if it's on his vacation at some point, uh, he's able to post the interview I did post game with Arturo. Um, uh, but just hearing Arturo talk about what he's done in the past year to capitalize on those opportunities that he was missing last year and find ways to get in the box and to get in position to put those balls towards net on frame in the back of the net. Um, uh, I, the, the quote I love from him in that was every set piece is an opportunity to score. Yeah. Um, but I also want to Say, like, I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, key to the defense at this point, um, cleared a ball off the line, um, uh, had a reckless challenge that he knew was reckless, but he felt like he needed to make the tackle, got the yellow card for it, and made a excellent clearance on the on the ball that came into the box after that. Um, and I'll say, I mean, this was a Hounds team that was under pressure because for some reason the forwards were not putting pressure uh, and controlling the ball. The midfield was dropping a little too deep and a lot of Phoenix's opportunities. I mean, you look at the stats from the game and Phoenix had a ridiculous, what was it? I don't remember what the the final numbers were, but I know towards the end of the second half, it was something like 59 to 41% possession. Um,
1: and it yeah, was much I mean, closer I, in, at the in, end of the game, it right. looks like they were on 65%. Yeah, especially.
0: yeah. I mean, they and they were peppering the box with crosses, putting things towards goal. I mean, um, I joked with Jamali after the game that uh, the only reason he had the best game of the season for himself is because he had to do something. Um, I think he had his best game of the season, but he actually had to do something for once. Um,
1: and I want to interject quickly on the Jamali weight stuff, because I I think in the past, I, I love... A, a kind of, I don't know, assessing by like the eyes and not necessarily by the numbers. Mm-hmm. I like viewing goalkeepers through the lens of like, how many points are they winning you a season? Mm-hmm. And like at a like at a minimum, you want your keeper to be kind of neutral where they're not mm-hmm. winning you points, but they're not losing you points either. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're you're, you're not one nil up in a game and a ball slips through their hands and it goes right. in or something. Um, this was a game where I felt like, like Jamali wait won us points where it, it, you know, it wasn't just the that one mm-hmm. big save that he makes right. you know, that's curling on the top corner. He has to do a lot more throughout this mm-hmm. game. And I think he, he's a big reason this mm-hmm. stays one nil and it's, yeah.
0: it's And so I think what you're saying in that is that he had the opportunity to win us points because other people were not doing as well as they could have. Right. right. Like, like, Balls were coming in, or the team was much better, right? Like yeah. against us, right? Like like uh, as I opposed think there were to, to as opposed to he had nothing to do. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. No. I think I think yeah. there are points in the season where inevitably you're going to hit games where, mm-hmm. like, yeah, for whatever reason, your keeper is going to be called upon more. You know, right. people are off of it or whatever. But yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I... But
0: but but so I mean, we we can talk about the run of form that the Hounds are on, and we can look at the game in Monterey. And I think this is a good uh, comparison game um, where we're up um, against a team that has some opportunities and has some players that can score. But rather than conceding like we did in Monterey twice, we were able to find a way to, to get that win, whether that's Jamali, whether that's Arturo, other players uh, sacrificing things to, to, to make sure that they kept the ball out of the box, out of the net.
1: Yeah, and I mean, going. I mean, it's a good call on the Monterey thing. I'm just going back to the Monterey game now and just looking at the lineups. I know you did some some good work, kind of compiling all the lineups. Um, That's that's flattery. I just copied and
0: pasted. Dude, it's way more than what I do
1: (laughs) normally. But I but it 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 is striking where I'm just I'm looking at lineups from from the Monterey game, and I don't know something that maybe hasn't been uh, highlighted yet. Beca- because because we've we've been able to win is we've been doing it without dequa right like for mm-hmm. for a large portion of the season mm-hmm. i mean up until when kisa scores two goals against i forget who um uh, okay, Vegas. yeah um up until yeah. that point i mean we're really looking at dequa being the answer to any mm-hmm. goal like that that we need right. so the idea you know at that point in the season the idea where we're gonna hit You know, not just a game, but, you know, a couple where we're going to have, you know, Mm -hmm. regular season games where we're going to have to play without Dequa. You're hoping, okay, well, maybe we can get two draws or something like that. But, you know, to to be able to, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were struggling to get shutouts. Now we're getting shutouts. At at the beginning of the season, we were unable to score without Dequa. Now we're scoring without Dequa. I mean, granted, it's from, (laughs) in both cases, it's from Mordonias. And and I don't know how long that'll Mm -hmm. continue to last, but, um, yeah, I mean to be able to do this in the absence of Dequa is just huge. But
0: but I, but I mean I think that's part of what goes into a successful oh, season, isn't yeah. it? Like like when you're not finding the ways that you're normally able to get your results, somebody else is finding a way to step up and do something, right? And so yeah, you look at that that game uh, against uh, Vegas, and Eddie puts the game winning. Goal in, or the the goals put us ahead, and then eventually the one that was would have been the de- decisive goal before um, before the other two goals came in, right? Like, I mean, if that if it was only his two goals, it's a two one game as opposed to a four one right. game. Um, and so you're finding guys that are scoring in important moments between him and Arturo right now. Um, and no, do I want to see a center back? Uh, shooting up the goal-scoring charts. I mean, like, it's not that I don't want right. to see that. I don't want to see Arturo at the end of the season being our
1: second-best goal-scorer. Because goal scorer. I think if that's the case... Because I... Yeah, exactly. It's not good.
0: Exactly. I, I want to see Tola get on the score sheet and score five yeah. this season. I want to see Eddie put 9, 10, 11 goals in the back Marts, of the net. Sports, and yeah right 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 um and i was i was, I was talking to a buddy uh, about this recently and uh, he was saying like oh man we need something more than just uh just dequa putting the goals in the back of that. i was like we're getting that but also like how many people were frustrated in the past seasons where we'd have four or five guys at four goals and one guy at seven and be like, Oh, we don't have a really clear focus of our attack. Right. Right? Like, like, so, so pick your, what you're complaining about. And if we're complaining about this season, we're complaining about being second in the East, um, in the quarterfinals of the open cup, facing the best team maybe on the continent right now um, on Tuesday, tomorrow night. Which is is a hard thing to say about Cincy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, like they're ridiculously good right now. Um, uh, But then also like the team that's ahead of us in the table is who we have at home on Saturday. And it's a a one point difference,
1: right? So like the game. Exactly. Right.
0: Like, like winner take all on Saturday. Um, And if you had told me that the Hounds were going to be in this position uh, before May started, I don't think any of us on the pod or most fans would have been in the position where we are, which, which I think goes to what you're saying that best period in, in podcast coverage of the no, Hounds insane. history, if not yeah. ever. No, it's, it's yeah. yeah.
1: It's so I, I want to talk, I want to kind of go back to Ordonez a little bit because um, mm-hmm. I think he becomes, you know, in, in the absence of Dequa, Ordonez fills the role Um You know, unlikely hero. I'm not sure. I think, you know, most of the season, I think he's been showing his quality, his leadership. I kind of, I, I, as Mm -hmm. an offhanded comment, I threw it out, uh, like a week or so ago about, you know, as being captain material and really showing a lot of leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I mean, I think we were, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, I was around scratching my head like, man, I don't know how many leaders we have on the field. Um, you know, I think, over over the course of the season, Dequa grew into it and showed a lot of leadership capabilities mm-hmm. pretty quickly, actually. Um, and, you know, I don't know, ever since in the abs- absence of like, you know, Greenspan or Hugh Roberts, maybe even Von Isil and somewhat of a, of a silent leader along the defensive line, I think we were kind of lacking that a little bit. And I think Ordonez has really kind of come into his own now, um, mm-hmm. you know, having two game winners and two shutouts and playing really well. What I think, you know, he's made player of the week for the USL or or like team of the week for the USL I think mm-hmm. a couple times. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, Ordóñez is just kind of on fire right now. I think it was it was something that I'm not needed, but is 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 nice now that we have it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I think what it does is it provides leadership throughout the field right? I mean, we can talk about uh, Kenny's leadership, Um, maybe not the most vocal, maybe not uh, the one that's going to get the most animated on the field. Um, But definitively, I mean, you talk to players throughout uh, his time as a Hound. You talk to Bob, you talk to him. Um, He's going to be quieter, but he's going to be really, really strong in his leadership, and he's going to pull guys aside, is is the sense I get. Um, I think what's been really fun for me to see over the course of this season. Um, uh, and so I don't know if this is something I sh- should be allowed to talk about or not. Um, uh, but going to practice at, at times and um, when junior was still out, um, Bob coming over him to ask ask him, like hey, are you seeing what I'm seeing? like like I'm seeing this, blah, blah blah. like like Bob asking a player who's on the sidelines injured, but like observing like like I'm making sense, right? like I'm not making this up. Right. Like that speaks to me of the leadership that he sees in some like yeah. junior. Um, I, I wish I had known you were going to talk about this. I don't know if I would have had the time to, but like, now I'm wondering like who's worn the armband this mm. year. I know Kenny has, I know Robbie has. Yeah. Um, I think Danny has at one point or yeah. two. Um, I think Chico yeah, has Yeah, I think so once. too. Yeah, right? I like, don't know if Chico right? like
1: started so, like, games with the armband, but I know he's finished like, finished right. with the armband. Right. Yeah. But
0: so like, that's a, like, like, I think, like, it's insignificant in, like, the grand scheme of things, but it's really significant when you think about what does that mean in terms of the team dynamics and Bob's relationship with who he sees as leaders on the field in the moment, right? Like, who does he want speaking for the team if somebody has to go speak to the ref? Um, And you're right. Like, I'd also put Jamali in that. Uh, in that conversation, as as a leader, I mean, with the experience that he's had with Jamaica, um, the the growth that he's had as a keeper, um, and uh, talking to him a couple weeks ago um, about how he was feeling about things, um, just like I mean, a guy that I think has really really stepped up. He's shown um, confidence.
1: I mean, there, there there's been like a yeah. something I don't know, just something in the way he's moving, something in the way he distributes uh, balls to like restart play. Mm-hmm. He, he he has a he has a posture about him that it's 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 of a keeper mm-hmm. that is confident in his in his abilities and, and knows right. he's in a good moment.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you you started this conversation with leadership, and one of the things that jumped to my mind is uh, most improved. Um, and I, I was just kind of as you were just beginning to talk, thinking about like if we were to at this point and. I don't remember if there's a Steel Army in the player of the year voting, um, if there's a most improved player category. Um, I'd love to see it if there's not. I just can't remember. Um, But I find myself thinking, like, I don't know that I could pick the most improved player that was on the roster last year that is on the roster this year at this point. Because I've got three contenders definitively that without a question, I'd be like, I could could pick any of these three guys. Okay,
1: I'm going to guess. Okay, so okay. Dequa, Ordones, okay. okay, and oh, I actually don't know the third. The third's a question mark for me. I don't know.
0: You've only gotten on one oh, of my really? picks, actually.
1: I think Dequa's a good shout, but I wasn't thinking Deek. Oh, see, I guess um, the, my I, my quick case for Dequa is I think when the season started, I was like ten goals maybe this season. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a. And I would say that's and a pretty good you know return. I think he's gonna.
0: Well, and in all comps he's that exactly. 10 already.
1: He's he's well beyond right. that. And I think um, he's evolved as a play. Yes.
0: No, I think I think he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. I think I just look at him more as uh it's not that he wasn't this good or, or, or wasn't close to this good last year. It's just that he had a lot more competition for who the focus of the attack right. was with Russ and right. Alex on yeah. the roster. Um I, I, I would put uh Arturo Ordonez... Jamali Let me guess Wade the last one and Nate Dos oh, Santos. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> ah, sorry, ah, I mean, well, it wasn't going to be Dos Santos. I was going to say, I, <laughs> okay, okay. I've,
1: I've been impressed with Ibarra's um, trajectory over the okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah Dos Santos um, played really well too. Yeah,
0: I, I think the difference is is I don't I don't see as much of a difference with Ibarra in terms of like material difference on the mm-hmm. field. I think he's just I think he is better than he was last year. But I think you look at Nate and he's become a good uh, outside back and a three center back, which is what he played in college. So moving back into that, but then still has the opportunity to go wide as a wide back. Um, But seeing him in that center back role, I think has just been like with all of the speed and the coverage, I think that's one of the biggest differences is his flexibility to get back in that position. Um, It's just like, it's insane. I didn't know he played
1: that role in college. That's a really interesting. Yeah, he
0: played as a center back. Apparently, I only know this because because of talking to Grubba right. about it. It's not something that I knew, but Grubba was like, "Oh yeah, he definitely played as a center back." And I was like, "Oh okay, thanks."
1: Nice. Yeah, no, I, I think Dos Santos is is a really good shout on that. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, I distinctly remember having a chat on here with Josh about saying, I think our weakest part of the team in that moment was our fullbacks, and like Dos Santos was part mm-hmm. of that conversation. And yeah, I mean, just the absolute transformation now. Where yeah, he is rock solid back there. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's a good call. Do, um, do you want to transition into a little bit around uh, the conversation around like uh, the the lineups over the past you know month or so? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean,
0: I, I shared that spreadsheet with you. I mean, it's just lots and lots of names. Yeah. Um, I think the question, because um, I mean, Mike talked about this last week. Um, in terms of uh, the Columbus game um, and how I said to him that like you guys were talking uh, Monday night before that, I forget who um, about, Oh, so-and-so and so-and-so uh, look how they've worked their way into the starting 11. I was like, I- I'm not convinced they've worked their, themselves into the starting 11, as opposed to in games where the schedule is compressed, the need for rotation. Bob is really comfortable turning to a lot of different guys. Um, and with that, even in the post game on Saturday night, he wasn't happy that the defense was under so much pressure, but he also recognized that, you know, like there's been a lot of different players that have been playing together and the synergy might not be there when there's so many changes week to week, game to game. Um, and so, the team is still performing with a lot of those changes Mm -hmm. happening. And I think that's for me, the takeaway that there's so many guys coming in and out of the lineup. Um, I mean, but it keeps changing. And as it keeps changing, you start to see that the team is still finding ways to get results.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and and to your point around, so, okay. So Dequa being out is a little bit of a, Mm -hmm. a wrench in looking at, like consistency in starting elevens over the past you know, like month yeah. and a half, um, so I mean Kizza gets three starts in a row, but I mean I don't think we're I don't know I mean unless unless Bob wants to play two up front I mean it, that's Deeks position when he's when he comes back like fit and and ready sure. um, uh but I mean looking you know a, a consistency has been I mean Forbes has been a mainstay in this in this lineup um, you know I I think I've been I've been, critical isn't the right word. I've been wondering how Forbes will be managed as years roll by in his career. Um, And, yeah.
0: So, yes, but consistent in the lineup in league games, Mm -hmm. he hasn't started uh, either of the Open Cup games against the
1: MLS teams. I don't I don't want to jump ahead too much but I just I'm um, it's crying out for it I mean do you think that continues against Cincy i I think
0: so I don't think it is a question of quality I think it's a question of uh, Kenny's ability to play uh, 65 70 minutes three times in a week uh, as well as his speed on the on the pitch that I think Bob is much more willing to put him in positions where the play is not going to be as fast, but, it, but I'm wondering if he recognizes that he wants Kenny to be in as a stabilizing presence, not as a, what do we have to lose? We're playing an upper division team. There's, there's like, we're not expected to win. So let's go all out and let's put the speed out there. Let's put the younger guys that have the energy that can do the press. I think it's a lot more of that.
1: And in and, and scenarios, I mean, it's, it's essentially restating what you just said, but maybe in a slightly different perspective. In those in the open cup games, we're not expected to be sitting on the ball for a while. And right. and that's when Kenny comes alive, right? right? If if we have possession, right. if we're looking yep. at taking apart defenses, well then great. But you know, we're not, you know, we're we're expected to get goal scoring opportunities in these open cup games by, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, countering quickly um and just trying to hit them quick.
0: Yeah. Well, and he, he came in, was that the 65th minute uh, in uh, at New England and the 57th minute um, uh, at home against Columbus, right? So uh, both of those, after we were up 1-0, trying to put put a strategy in place that was much more focused on controlling the game as opposed to pressing and looking for those attack
1: opportunities. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember too, I mean, I'm trying to remember when Griffin came in to the team. Um, it feels like he never left, but, you know, at least back, at, at um, least back until the Monterey game, oh, ch- you know, he, Griffin's been a mainstay. Um, the right. only reason, I mean, when, to, to your point, the only thing that kind of messes things up a little bit is those uh, open cup games where I think, yeah, as you, as you said, Lily's oh. rotating a little bit. So Griffin kind of comes mm-hmm. in and out, but I mean, if we're looking for, you know, people that we know are in the starting lineup, you know, I think he makes that list with, you know, uh, Forbes maybe of an asterisk next to it. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. with, with, yeah, I, I think Griffin probably makes that list.
0: So I, I just scrolled through May 3rd was the, the official announcement on the Hounds website. Um,
1: I and don't, then- and he's, he's, he's been in it since. I mean, like, Right and and so, but that was two days before the Monterey game,
0: right? So, (laughs) Kev, your boy. I I mean, the teams, the teams had in the best stretch of its existence that we. You
1: know, you you might be right. You might be right.
0: And it's since Danny Griffin came back,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you might be right. I mean, people, you know, Pittsburgh sports all the time on YouTube commenting. Yeah, in my opinion, Danny has made a big difference in the team. Yeah, no, I mean, undoubtedly, um, he's made he's made a huge <laughs> difference in the team. Um, I, I I can't even yeah. I can't even say anything. I'm just gonna leave it there. So yeah.
0: so I, I I'll say this right, like like in my conversations with him in. Conversations with Grubba and conversations with Bob. Um, the ability to have players like Junior and Zvetslut uh in the game uh, allows Danny to play much more. Next
1: is what Zvetslut's name? Okay, he's way better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, he absolutely is. But but it, but it frees Danny up yeah. to be able to be a more attacking or more advanced. Um, uh, midfielder than what he's been doing for the past three seasons as, as right. a hound, which I think is much more of his natural talent yes. set, right? Like, so Bob was forcing him to be back to push another player into a Bob Lilly defensive role as opposed to giving the player the opportunity to excel at what they're best at. Now he doesn't have to do that because he's got other defensive midfielders that he can yeah. count on that are true defensive yeah. midfielders.
1: Okay. Quick context around. I, I, there's a question: Why don't I like Danny Griffin? I, I need to contextualize this. It's not that I don't like Danny Griffin. I think he's a very good player. I think last season, in my opinion, his his impact to the team felt a little overplayed. I think he was he was an absolute engine. He played so many minutes, and he was a solid. I think support unit general defensive, maybe box to box midfielder in the team. And so I thought he was a, he, he was just a good USL midfielder. I think he's kicked in, in a midfielder where I thought like you could probably find other people that generally do his role pretty well. As far as what he was doing last season, this season he's came in and he's been, yeah, a revolution and he's been higher up the field. He's been scoring goals. <laughs> he's creating chances he's winning games i mean yeah he's he's showing he, he's mm-hmm. bringing that engine further up the field putting more bodies in the box and, and 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 making big references so yeah no i i think danny's it's great um yeah okay well i guess before we we do have i mean i i imagine we're going to talk about the cincy game probably a little more than the charleston game but i touch on both of those games a little bit before we transition on to that um, Steve, mm-hmm. I, what we talked a little bit before about, we you know want to bring up how on top of all the good feelings around the club, uh, before the Phoenix game, we had, I believe, our first ever wedding at Highmark, which. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colin
0: and Cam tied the knot on the field. I like I mean. The, the front of the steel army section, like people were lined up people that know them much better than I do. They're nice guys. I don't know them super well, but they're really nice guys. Um, uh, so I was a little further back. So I have no idea like what the vows sounded like. It was only a few minutes. Um, I think, uh, I think it might've been Collins. I don't know if it was his nephew or younger brother or something. I didn't ask, um, like gave him the rings, but the, this little kid was like super excited. Like each of them had one of their parents there. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, they got married on the field, like super cool thing to celebrate pride. Um, I'm glad for them that, uh, it was a hound's win because, yeah, it been, uh, I just yeah. imagine, I don't know whose idea it was, but like, you know, that's like, like the joke that you always have anytime you're in an argument, like, well, why'd you make me get married on the hound's yeah. loss day? Right. Like now, now that joke goes away so they can just always celebrate that day. Um, uh, but yeah, no, super cool thing. Like what a, what a cool uh, a unique way to um, uh, for the team to allow people to celebrate pride um, for the fans, for the steel army and for Colin and cam uh, to do that. Um, so super cool. Um, uh, and then as they like, after they, afterwards they came around and walked into the stands and uh, one of the other steel member, st- steel army members had gotten a lot of those like little soccer stress balls so everybody had one and instead of throwing rice with your soccer balls at them nice yeah
1: no it's great i mean i i i wonder if like you you know they're looking at the schedule and they're like eh, like i don't know what do you think like charleston maybe not i don't know tampa maybe not phoenix okay yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah no,
0: but it was pride day in pitch oh, okay well so there you go that's, that really that's helped. Nice. Yeah, okay. yeah yeah like no i was giving somebody else like in at the tailgate a hard time i was like hey you have sunscreen? She's like, no. Why do you need some? I was like, no, but you do because you should see your nose. <laughs> oh no, I was at Pride for four hours. Oh, nice. It's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, that didn't. Sorry, you've got a sunburn. Nice.
1: <laughs> That's where I feel old when I'm telling people to put sunscreen on. I'm with you, man. I mean, you know, just I got you know, getting getting moles checked. I am a, I'm a fair skinned <laughs> guy, and so yeah, I'm I'm right there, high high SPF. Yeah. But um, uh-huh. but yeah. So okay. So moving on to the Cincy game unfortunate that it's not I know I feel like we need a collective like little exhale because I don't know I mean it's it's it, we all you know anytime you go deep in a competition like this you know it's going to get difficult and you, you know it's only going to get more difficult right so on one hand yes you're summoning the mountain a little or not summoning but you're getting higher up the mountain every, mm-hmm. with with every passing round that you that you get through but it's you know the weather's a little more dangerous up there. The visibility isn't great. It's, it's colder. It's it's harder conditions. And and I think, you know, this absolutely falls into this metaphor that I'm trying to build. Um, Cincy are in great form. Um, we're right. we're not at high mark. Uh, we have to travel uh to to Cincy midweek game. Um, I think we probably see a little, maybe a little bit of influence on that on the on the starters we see in Phoenix. Um, but uh but yeah, I don't know. Before we even get into the tactics around what you're yeah. thinking about this, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you feel? So,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'll, I'll be driving out tomorrow. Uh, one of my best friends is, um, uh, his mom lives like 20 minutes from the stadium. Um, so... Two of my buddies from from out here, um, they both come to games a few times, two of my closest friends. Uh, we're all driving out, going to the game, staying at, staying at Jimmy's mom's house and uh, she's coming and her mom is coming and her mom's boyfriend is coming, sitting with the Steel nice. Army group. So it's gonna be fun, right? Like um, super excited about that. Like they're just thrilled to like come and see the environment. Um, but um, what, I think uh, close to 30 people are making the trip if I recall correctly, from the last time I checked. Um, so I think, like, for a game that is almost five hours away, like, that's a great... On a Tuesday yeah. night, that's a great effort from uh, the fans that I know from the Steel Army um, that are going. Um, I think that we saw a little bit of it in in the game, um, right? Like, um, Chico's still not 100% fit for Phoenix, and... Uh, well, I know you
1: mentioned this, what I think the last podcast, um, but what you, you have the sense that he's probably going to be fine. for So
0: from what I have heard from people on the team, including Lily, um, very, very high hopeful expectations that he'll be ready for tomorrow night. Um, He did not seem concerned with his injury when he passed by me uh, a week and a half ago at practice. Um, And so like, so it wasn't a serious, serious thing, right? Like it was a knock, a sprain or something like a, like a pull or something like that, right? right? Like, like it was not a, like a twisted ankle or anything like that. That's going to take a few weeks to really heal. Um, I get the sense that it was like either a pull, like upper thigh or a knock to that or something, right? Like something that just like, you need a few weeks, but not an extended absence. Um, but also with Eddie having gotten the red card against Columbus at the end of yeah. the game, um, it was really obvious that – and Bob even talked about this because I asked him, like, you made a couple of substitutions at halftime um, uh, against Phoenix. Uh, it was very much just that he felt he could put a stronger defensive player in, um, in place of Burke. And that with Tola Shuumi, it was not that he was hurt. It was just that he wanted to manage his minutes because he knew he didn't have Eddie for uh, Cincinnati. And he's like, so I had to make that strategic decision that, you know, I think Tola is going to have to play against Cincy. We don't have Eddie available. So I didn't want to run him too hard when I could run like, the plan was Eddie was going to be in for the entire game until he cramp and then he had to get pulled at the end of the game against Phoenix. So, um, if if Dequa is fully fit, Dequa and Tola should be very available, um, and I think we see a really strong and similar lineup to what we saw against Columbus, where you've got... Strong defense with fast players at the back. You've got the full strength of the midfield with Etu, Griffin, Mertz, um, uh, one or two other midfielders. Um, and and then you're going to see Chico and
1: uh, Shumi up top probably. So, um, so as a reminder against Columbus, our lineup. Um, I guess I, I'm going to slightly. Well, I don't need to ignore the the. Well, no, I'm gonna I, ignore the back line because I feel like we have we have so many options at like who you play at at wing back and right. who you play even bringing in at center back. But for for at least the forwards, yeah, you, so we have Dequan, and show and me who start against Columbus, mm-hmm. and then our midfield yep. is Mertz, Ibarra, and Griffin. Three young, energetic midfielders mm-hmm. who who bring a lot of energy to that. I, I agree with you. I think Etu maybe comes in for what cause of what I think during the Columbus game is no, was Etu still hurt around the Clumps game? No, he was, he was um, fine. He was fit. Um, I feel pretty confident about that.
0: He came back. I didn't he make his first appearance back? No, he made his first appearance against the Reds.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Because he wasn't he wasn't on the like the media lineup, but he was on the officials card because he was a super late ad that. Uh, was it YouTube was streaming that one? Like the announcers from US Soccer, whoever they had for that, I forget who who did who called that game. Didn't know that he was available, right. um, and so he came in, and everybody was really surprised. Right. Um, so he's been back for a little while, but yeah, no, I mean he came in, uh, seventy fourth minute against Columbus. Um, but that's because he had he had played against Vegas and he had played, uh, against the Revs, um, before that, so. Um, yeah, I think it's more getting him back to match fitness.
1: Um, yeah, I think in a way, so I think you're right. i I really like your call on probably a midfield of I don't know. I, so Mertz mm-hmm. doesn't start against Phoenix unless i'm I'm unaware of some knock that he's carrying. I would expect right. Mertz to play. um, I would expect at two to play, probably. Mm-hmm. um, Griffin seems like a mainstay and like, you know, an open cup hero at this point. Yeah. So I feel like he goes into. Um, and then you're kind of fiddling around with, you know, whoever you want to play in that back five. Um, but... Right. And do you, the question becomes, and, and do think you think that's enough to threaten Cincy?
0: I think that is entirely dependent on how Cincinnati approaches this mm. game. So if Cincinnati decides that we are taking no risks, we are good, I mean, they are... I mean, they're really good, Right. <laughs> so they like, like when, when we played, uh, new England, they were just above Cincinnati at the time. Um, Cincinnati has now gone on to open up a nine point, uh, gap in the standings A uh, no, a 12 point gap in the standings over new England. Right. Like, so in the, in, in the past four weeks, uh, since he jumped from a point below them to twelve points above them, right? So that's a thirteen-point difference in the quality of the teams that we played faced four weeks ago versus this coming week. Um, they're the first team to get thirty-nine points this quickly, right? Like uh, since like MLS had those. If you if you remember, if anybody remembers that weird like if there was a tie, they didn't end it in a tie, but they had like the. One on one shootout where, like, you would start like halfway through the the field and just start running, right? Like, why does that not exist? I don't know. That's not what we talk about, but I miss it. Um, (laughs) But, but, like, since that ended, Cincinnati is the best team at this point in the season of any team in MLS history. They're really good right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, what? So it looks like what they're, they're on a, uh, yeah, they're, once, they're and, and really good. Game, yeah, eight game win streak and something like unbeaten that, yeah. in eleven. Um, yeah, which you know to be fair, not that far away from our form and the US right. Um, but so I, I guess I'm 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 wondering, but it's so so it's
0: yeah no. So I think like to answer your question specifically, right? Like it's how serious does Cincinnati take this game? And that's both in do they care about the cup. And if they do, do they take the hound seriously? If the answer to that is they don't care about the cup or they don't take the hound seriously, we've got every opportunity to come out and find a goal because what do we have to lose? Right? Like, we're not going to play this as a defensive team where we're like, oh, we're looking for the counterattack. No, we're going to come out, we're going to be looking to score. We're going to, it's going to be a pretty open game pretty early, I yeah. think. Um, and if we get a go ahead goal, then that's when Bob makes the decision of then do we go defensive or then do we keep the high press? What do we do at that point? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, it, if you, if you look at Cincy's, so I'm going through quickly and charting like Cincy's path in the MLS when they got in, when they got introduced, um, there you go. <laughs> <All> right, <I laughs> when you, <laughs> <laughs> back now, um, yeah. when you, when, when you, when you chart uh, Cincy's, um, uh, path in the MLS, uh, you know, when they got when they got introduced in the MLS, what back in like 2019 or something, um, I mean, they were crap in the MLS for a couple years, and then what I think last season they finished like close to like higher up the table, um, and then this season is is clearly the best season they've had yeah. in the MLS. No, I think what
0: was it? I mean, MLS has the the wooden spoon for the team that does the worst. In the league, yeah, um, uh, it's uh, I think all of the Riverhounds, Columbus, or anybody that just empathizes with the Columbus fiasco, the the Anthony Precourt wooden spoon um, after the the owner, the former owner of Columbus, um, uh, just to like mock the guy, right? Um, and it's given to the worst team in the league, um, and I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati has the honor of having it for three straight years. I don't think any other team has ever done that in MLS. And then they were okay. And now they're really good. Um, and so they're a team, right? Like, I, I guess the way I conceptualize this game is going to Cincinnati and looking good no matter what is what the Hounds can do. They, this is a team that is good. I mean, some of the best players that made a difference in the Open Cup match there last year are firing on all cylinders for them if they're in the game. I mean, you talk about uh, Luciano Acosta um, uh, came into the game for them last year, um, started their last Open Cup match, right? Like, so it's not that they're not taking this cup seriously, but it's at this point in the season, how compressed is their schedule, how much do they want to push things when they just had a narrow win against Chicago, on Saturday, play again at Vancouver uh, this coming Saturday, right? So they've got to travel to the West Coast. Like, that's got to play into their minds. Those are the things that I think make the difference. They're definitively a much better team. They're not the USL Cincinnati team, right? Like, they're far beyond that. Um, They've got a lot more money and they're spending that money. And they've been building an organization for years to get to this point. Um, Do I think that... That's all doom and gloom for the Hounds. No, but do I think our work's cut out for us? Yeah, let's just go have fun and have a good showing. And yeah, no, I, th- I think Birmingham loses, and then it doesn't matter because <laughs> then we get the uh, the prize money for being the uh, the best uh, lower division team. Oh, see, I'm
1: I'm unaware of that. What oh, yeah, if, yeah. if if you're the best performing lower division so, team, yeah,
0: I, your money. Ah. Uh, now I'm now I'm questioning the amount. I want to say it's twenty five thousand dollars.
1: I mean that recoups what what we had to spend for to host the last round. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, Not that that no, was but, a problem. But, but, yeah. but
0: okay, let me put it to you this way, right? Like that's like like next year the uh, league minimum salary will be twenty nine thousand dollars or thirty one thousand dollars. It's twenty nine this year, um, and so right, like so you're talking about a significant portion of a player's salary
1: next year right yeah mt williams just confirmed yeah. 25k okay. yeah um but uh but yeah no okay so yeah like to be clear and to kind of reiterate what you just said i don't think any of us are thinking seriously that like like i th- like i you know like you know since he's not going to take this seriously and so therefore we're going to w- i think like if if you're trying to build a case for how we find ourselves through this match and like how, how this kind of ends up in our favor. I think that kind of is a right. narrative that is in the cards that could potentially happen in our favor, or whatever. I'm not right. necessarily thinking that is gonna gonna be the case. It might have right. been different where maybe if this is later in the season um and you know they're first in the east and they're a point above who's in second place. Then maybe that becomes more of a realistic scenario. I mean, at right. this point, what they're like six points clear or something uh, up on top. Um, right. So it's it's not even like this is like there's someone super close nipping at their heels. So it I it, look, it's going to be a tough game, mm-hmm. but um, you know, to 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 a point like some someone made in the comments, and and to a point I think you've been kind of alluding to. No matter what happens, I mean, this has been an incredible Open Cup run. I think, at least how I viewed this. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, look, I, I, I would, you know, you're not, you're in any competition. You're in, you're, you're in it to win it. Like, you're, we're not just here to make up the numbers, and no. you know, and so I'm, I'm still firmly a belief that you take it seriously and you try to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, the memories that you can create as a club and as a team along the way is is absolutely legitimate and impactful for your fan base. Yeah. And we've had really good moments already with right, Columbus. Right. And, and hopefully that continues. Yeah. And Yeah. And,
0: and I think the last thing I would say about it is in the past, I've gotten the sense that Bob Lilly is just kind of like eh, it's the Open Cup. Like, I'm not going to sacrifice the season for the Open Cup. But the team is, like, he has confidence in so many players on the team that his focus definitively was a very different tone about this game uh, on on Saturday night, where he was talking about, yeah, they're a good team, but we've got to think about how we can find a result in this game. Yeah. As opposed to, well, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not right. going to focus too hard on that because, you know, Charleston who's ahead of us is the team we really need to focus on because winning the league is much more important.
1: Yeah. Um, so. I think you're right. I think in, in years gone by, if a similar scenario where we, if we're in second and we have the first place team coming to, to high Mark and mm-hmm. on the weekend, I, we probably don't see a super strong lineup right. in a midweek open camp game against an MLS right. side. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think we'll see, you know, Good starting players playing for us in this because I think, and my last point on this, I to build off of something that you you said, maybe Lily views the cup, and maybe most USL managers view the cup this way, where it it can it can run away with either positive or negative momentum, mm-hmm. and so you can foresee scenarios where in a given year. You you take a chance and, and play a strong lineup midweek in an Open Cup game. It doesn't go well. Morale takes a hit and legs take a hit. And then you mm-hmm. lose the weekend game. And then all right. of a sudden, you know, things start to snowball. That works in the other direction as well. Like, yeah. so, you know, if you get a win, that has a massive push to morale, not only for the players, but for the fans, mm-hmm. it gives everyone confidence. And and now we're seeing it as an asset rather than a liability. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I, I think that's 100% true. And I think about that in terms of, is that why we're in the position we are right now? Right? Like, best run of form because we went to New England and... I don't think anybody expected Mark Guevara to assist a Danny Griffin goal between two defenders as a game win. Right. Like like that's not something, but it gives you confidence. Right. And then you see Danny, I mean, should have had the goal against uh, uh, who was that Um, Birmingham got the goal uh, against Vegas. Right. Like um, you see a guy playing with a ton of confidence and you see a team playing with a ton of confidence and, I mean, I can't emphasize to go back to the Columbus game. It wasn't just the environment in the stadium from the fans. But, I mean, every guy on the field and every guy that was not playing and was a part of the team was just absolutely thrilled. And you could see it, like, puts them at a different perspective. I mean, just completely different than anything I've seen from Hounds in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's I mean, so we're we're getting close to time here and I think I think rightfully we talked about the Cincy game in the right amount of time, but I will say, I mean, in a league perspective, this is probably one of the biggest games of the year (laughs) for a league perspective. You're right, but do I
0: do I think Charleston is that good? I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know either. I don't I I've I yeah, I don't. I, Charleston is always kind of an enigma for me season upon season where I never really remember having a very good time against the well, Charleston game.
0: Oh, OK. So so historical results, results against Charleston. So I do know because I remember having the conversation with Josh and him just going, uh groaning uh, in in, in typical Josh form that he had to send the supporter shield to Charleston last year. I don't remember what the results were. I think it was a tie and a loss against Charleston last year. Sounds about right. Um, but he was just like, really, I've got to pack this stupid thing up and ship it. Right. Like, that's just what I remember that he was not happy about that. Yeah. Um, uh, they're much better team this year so far than they've been for quite a long time. Um, But the question of how good are they really is, I think, the real question. So granted, they are a team that is sitting at the top of the table, a point ahead of us, one more win, um, one more loss uh, than us, um, which leaves them with two less draws. Um, uh, I think what's fascinating is that they are sitting at the top of the table and they've got a negative goal differential. Granted, they had a seven zero loss to San Antonio, but they had a seven like this is a team that lost to a team. It's not like they played Sacramento and lost seven zero, where Sacramento is just wiping the floor with everybody they've played for most of the season. I mean, Sacramento is uh, one of the few teams that is just running away with the league at this point, right? Like. Um, and I look at Charleston, I don't know if they're good or if they've just had a good run of form as everybody else has been getting better. Because if you had told me that Birmingham was not good when yeah. we played them, I was like, mm, no, they're a good team. And yeah. since then, they've been really bad. They're in a five-game losing streak, right? Like, So yeah. I, I, I can't tell if it's just that Charleston got lucky in early results against teams that ended up being better. What I do think is important is that this might be for quite a while the only opportunity that the hounds have to prove themselves against a team that's ahead of them in the table. And that's a really important uh, statistic for me because last year, when I looked at the table at the end of the year, the hounds were abysmal against the teams that finished ahead of them. Yeah. And beating teams ahead of us in the table is really important. And so it doesn't matter if, whether Charleston is good or not, this has to be a win for the Hounds for them to show that they are for real.
1: I can, that's a really good point. Um and I and I think, I mean, you know, feelings change a lot if this game on the weekend is at Charleston. But I mean, is that how high mark mm-hmm. we're undefeated at home. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I mean, I I think I I think the likelihood of a win is much higher uh than than a loss against Charleston on the weekend, no matter what happens in Um, and so that, that's what fills me with confidence. And, you know, by the time, by the time Mike comes back, by the time we record another podcast next week, we could very likely be sitting top of the East. We could, uh, we could have knocked out Cincy, you know, we'll see if that, you know, we'll see if that happens, but you know, I don't know. What I,
0: what I can say for sure is that we will still be in the top two, no matter what happens in that game. Uh, no, no, no. We might, might have two teams pass us, but if we get a tie, <laughs> Jeez, that turned sorry, I, quick. That. I did my math bad. I know that was bad math. Um, uh, as long as we don't lose, nobody can like, nobody can catch us. Right. right? Like, like we're, we're in the position where we're tied at the top of the table. We're, we're still there. We're still in competition. But like I said, like go out, win this game. I don't, I'm not afraid of Charleston.
1: Yeah. No, me neither. Right? Yeah. And that's that's different, I think, than than what it might have been last year. I think this this team has shown not only its quality, but its resilience in the face of a lot of okay. challenge and everything. But but yeah.
0: So, Kev, this is where we have to make the actual no prediction
1: decisions. Okay, so let's start with sense. Yeah, I was gonna get away with this without having to do anything, but <laughs> all right.
0: No, no, because because if we don't do this now, then I have no remembrance to put it in on YouTube. That's a good point. So this is my only way to ever get a chance to climb up on the leaderboards.
1: That's a good point. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, look, I, I I'll say for for the Cincy game, I think the most of the year, I have kept a very like objective realism non. Hounds fandom hat on my head when making these guests when making these guesses. I'm kind of throwing that away in the Cincy game, and okay. it just it feels it. good to Crap. to back <laughs> to back the Hounds, and you know they've they've proven you know they've proven me wrong in two Open Cup games in a row. So yeah, why, why not? I'm I'm now I'm a, I'm a believer. I'll say we win this game one All All right, keeping keeping the MLS team one nil
0: victories alive. Um, I wish I had your optimism. (laughs) I don't. I I am thrilled to say that I think the Hounds are going to come out. They are going to get the go-ahead goal. And unfortunately, Cincinnati has so many high-quality players with like... 40 million dollars on the bench that they're going to bring off and eventually they'll tie it and we'll lose 2-1 in overtime that's my prediction but we're going to play well and it's just that you can't compete with a team that literally has a roster that costs 50 times as much as what the hounds have
1: honestly i I was thinking that number two i was like is it 10x no it's probably more than 10x like it's
0: yeah like i don't know what it is but like like i know like i know uh Acosta was because I looked it up last year. It was like something like five point five million dollar transfer fee. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And if my really crappy math that I talked about last week is anywhere near close, that's five and a half times of what the Hounds' entire roster is for one guy.
1: And for the oh what for the transfer fee, not for his wages.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So yeah, that's... right.
0: I mean, I I can say this that uh, I know for a fact that I, I don't know if he's the highest paid player on the hounds that I don't know. I know for the year, a player that was transferred in after the season begun is the most expensive because we paid a transfer fee for him. Mm, right. On the hounds roster for the year. Right. But I don't think that's actually his salary. Right. right? Like, so we had a small transfer right. fee, right? Like, right. I'm guessing his transfer fee was thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 somewhere in that range. Right.
1: Um, but none of this matters, Steve, because we're going to win right. against Cincy. All right, I like it. <laughs> and what do you think about Charleston?
0: Um, so I think Charleston, I think that, um, I think we're a little tired, but I think that Chico is back to himself and um, uh, the only way he doesn't reclaim the uh, top goal scorer, Uh, numbers for the league is if Russ does something pretty spectacular for Sacramento, um, but that he gets himself back on the score sheet um, and somebody else does as well. And we end up winning the game in a two, a a a three to one win against Charleston, but like the tired legs catch up with us a little bit and, and we give up a goal.
1: I, I like three, one, I, but I'm not going to do it just because I, I want to, if we, if it is three, one, I want to get more distance from you in this, uh, pick okay. table. So, so you're going higher no, or lower? I'm go lower. I'll say, I'll say two, no, I'll say two, no, <laughs> okay. wait's feeling it or do is feeling it. So, uh, two, no.
0: Um, so, okay. So I'm going to throw you a complete curveball. Okay. Um, so after the Charleston game, yeah, Jamali Waite leaves with the Jamaican national team. Goes to Europe for a couple friendlies, comes back to Chicago uh, for a national team game. I think, is that, is that Gold Cup? Is that Nations League? What, I don't forget, I forget which one's which. Which one's first. Um, uh, but but plays the U.S. in Chicago uh, after they get back, after Jamaica gets back from, uh, from Europe for those friendlies. Um, so we're without our star goalkeeper Uh Um, Christian Garner for the majority of the season has been the guy that has been in the 18 he started the first game of the season however in the past two games he has not been in the 18 and Gomes has been in the 18 so who's your keeper Um, that's starting when Jamali Waite is gone Danny Griffin could probably do it right (laughs) he's he's good enough Uh, (laughs) <laughs> All right, that's our yeah. show.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I look. I, I I will say I get that it it is in a, in a season where it looks like every point will matter. That's that's a that's a stretch that needs to be seriously mm-hmm. considered in in Jamalie absence, but. I don't know, man. I have absolutely no insight into like backup keepers who should be playing what um, you know, I, it, it is telling that, that Gomez has been the, 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 the bench uh, keeper for the past couple of games. Um, mm-hmm. But I, so, so I, I should, I should
0: clarify this with Grubba. I'm not sure how long he's gone. have a game a week later at Oakland and then a week after that, so the 17th and the 24th at home against San Diego. Um, I, I think the way I conceptualize that is, does it matter? I don't, I mean, Oakland's fifth, uh, San Diego, where are they? I don't even see. Oh, they're fourth right now. Right. So, I mean, middling teams in in the playoff hunt, right? right.
1: Like, I mean Phoenix played Does it us well. With our defense? Phoenix played us well and sure. were, what like seventh when we played when when we played this past weekend. Um yeah. so you know I look I I still do think it matters. Um I think our defense is playing better. But I think we both agreed that Jamali Waite is also playing better and you know the the need for him playing better is kind of telling of okay well we still mm-hmm. need a, you know a keeper that's going to not loses points um so yeah no i think it's relevant but i just yeah i don't i don't have the insight on
0: yeah but it, i think what really makes that conversation interesting for me is if the hounds advance in the open cup then that puts a if i i'm if i read the calendar uh, correctly it puts an open cup match in between those games. Right. that's and so then what does that do do we see both of them or do we just see one of them?
1: Good question. Good question that we will answer next week because I can't tell that. Unless you want to, you can keep talking about it because I'm, I'm. All right.
0: So we gave our predictions uh, for the Cincy match and for the Charleston match. Um, we will have, because um, Mike is good at pre scheduling things to go out on social media ahead of time, uh, we will have those posts up. I don't have to do anything. Kevin doesn't have to do anything, so thanks, Mike. Um, You all should go out and make sure you get your predictions in um, for both of those games. Um, Hey, you know what? This is our weekly reminder that Black Lives, they still matter, and happy Pride. Um, We are still part of the Beautiful Game Network. Um, There's a ton of people doing written stuff, doing podcasts, covering local soccer at all sorts of different levels. Um, We hope that they keep doing what they're doing, because we're going to keep doing this, even if nobody listens. Um, But, hey, Head over to BGN.fm um, and click on the donate button to help us cover cover our expenses. Um, we thank you for our for your support for us. Um, Kevin, anything else you want to you say? You are
1: wonderfully, wonderfully professional and I love it. It's so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I totally went back and found an old agenda from Mike, ripped it off and edited it for my purposes. So good. with that, I'm going to say thanks, Kevin. Thanks everybody for listening and joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. <laughs> See ya.